Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins. I'm Paul Verhoeven. That's John Verhoeven. We talk true crime every week because Dad used to be a cop. And Dad, we have some very, very big, 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 big news. We teased it last episode. Remember I said Schmive Schmoes and people didn't know what I was talking about? Including me. Including you, yes. Well, we are so excited to announce that our very first live show is happening since COVID began. Now, it's going to be a live recording of Loose Units at the Jam Factory in South Yarra for the Melbourne Podcast Festival on Saturday the 31st of July. Tickets officially go on sale on Monday the 21st of June, but pre-sale has begun already, or even already begun. <laughs> okay. Depending so, on, I mean, that's mild dyslexia popping in there. Yep. Dis- oh, anyway. Now, where can people actually get the tickets, Dad? Well, if you head to the Loose Units discussion group, we'll make sure the appropriate links are there. And this is big. It's massive. It's, it's huge. Paul, it's so big. And I'll tell you something rather poignant. Yes. Where did we do our first ever Loose Units live show? I was in Melbourne. Mm. At the, uh, it was at Toffin Town. I remember it was a really big night. We were both so nervous. And I was, I was literally, I had to wear a man diaper. Well, it's just a regular diaper, but larger. Yeah, mm, yeah. Very heavy. Like it was. Um, it was. They call it incontinence underwear. Really, that's. I was so nervous that night. I. Mm. It was. Oh God! And in fact, every single live show we've ever done. Uh, including that thing we did up in um, Brisbane a few weeks ago. I mean, do you get nervous or you're way beyond that? Um, okay, if it, here's the thing. If it's just me performing, I get very nervous and I start to go a bit insane. So if I'm doing a big interview with someone or whatever, I interviewed the cast of um, Fast and Furious 9 a couple of days ago for a, uh, an editorial I'm writing. And that was really big because I'm a big fan of the franchise. And I've interviewed... Harrison Ford, right? Mm. And yet I was sitting there just pooping my pants. Dad, it doesn't matter how many times you do it. Here's what I've discovered. If you care about the thing you're about to do, right? If the Mm. stakes are really high and if you give a shit and if you're excited, Mm. it it, it hits you much harder. Mm. So it is a testament to how much you enjoy doing these live shows Mm. that you still look like you're about to flood your basement. Mm. I wonder whether the the people in the audience pick up on my... I I know that I do get into the groove, but... Mm. For a few minutes, I'm, I'm. It's it's, dearest dearest listeners, and particularly people that come to the live shows and and those that will come to Melbourne. Um, mm. you know, I'd be very curious to see whether they know um, how I'm feeling. But the thing is that, for me, I guess it's a little bit like being a comedian. So I, I I'm I'm giving them some great material, but 
the audience are just sort of, there's no noise. And when you don't get feedback and you can't see them because they're in this black abyss, mm. I internally um, interpret that non-reaction as failure of some as sort. failure and then i yeah. go in even harder and it's, yeah. then all of a sudden it starts to and it's it's an extraordinary experience and i've done a lot of i mean i chase adrenaline and i have done so i've done some i've done things that are just insane in my life um really really terribly dangerous things and you know i've been on a cliff where i couldn't go up or down i was i was stuck and the sun was going down and it was it was it was absolute visceral gut-wrenching terror and fear and i've had that experience when i've almost drowned but the fear of going on stage it tops everything i've ever done in my life at least double it's it for me it's quite terrifying and i've heard um that the famous Barbara Streisand, every time she goes on stage, prior to going on stage, she, she vomits, which is extraordinary. Which is weird because every time you go on stage, for just a moment, you look exactly like Barbara Streisand vomiting. It's a weird thing. I think your nerves are a good thing, but look, the last live show we did for a crowd was at the um, sit, was at the Sit Down Comedy Club over in Brisbane. We did two nights and that was mm. incredible. And that mm. was, shit, that was like a year and a half ago. I mean... That was a really, really intense period for us. And I think that was at the start of um, Dead Serious. So the season where we talked about the funeral homes. Mm. And one of the great things about the live shows is that Dad will tell stories which technically speaking, he isn't allowed to tell. Mm. This one, this show is being recorded, so you will be able to hear it. But um, we're also going to be doing a meet and greet afterwards. And we'll be selling merch and we'll be signing stuff and taking photos. So if you've been basically sitting there... For the last year and a half, wondering why we haven't been doing live shows, it's been locked down. But now the the Melbourne Podcast Festival is happening, and we are. It, it's a really great show. We're actually doing a late show, so it's like nine PM, I think. But tickets are on presale right now, and we are actually going to try and sell this out. And Dad and I have a bit of a bet going. He thinks it's going to sell out in a week. I think it's going to take much longer, and it's not because I'm a cynic, Dad. It's just because I I like to kind of be prepared, but. You think the listeners are going to kind of come through and flood, just absolutely flood the ticket sales, which I think is a good idea. So if you want to go across um, and grab the tickets on pre-sale, you can head across to our discussion group, which is the Facebook uh, discussion page for Loose Units. It's just called mm. Loose Units Discussion Group. So the, all the links are there. And yeah, so once again, super excited to be recording Loose Units live for an audience. That's you at the Jam Factory at South Yarra for the Melbourne Podcast Festival on Saturday the 31st of July. That is um, that's just over a month away. I'm, I'm Well, <clears throat> this morning mm. I'm having coffee at my local and the chef yep. who has just finished a degree in forensic science, he, t- to say he's a devotee of all things loose units would be... A gross understatement. Now, he knows who I'm talking about. He came up to me this morning and I told him about this um, event mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Firstly, he said that he's he just loves the Friday sessions, Loose Ends. Is it called Loose Ends? It's, 
Yes, it's called Loose Ends. It's funny because you didn't announce it as Loose Ends. You announced it as something else this morning. Oh, wait. You said... Shit. You said something else. Yeah, no, I thought it was... I thought it was Monday. No, oh, my God. Not, isn't that funny? And I didn't correct you because it, it threw me. Um, but anyway, he just said it's, it's fantastic. And he is flying down to Melbourne. That's a fact. Oh, that's lovely for the Isn't live that show. Lovely for the live show, and I'll, um, I'll introduce you to him. He's a he's a terrific guy. I'd love that. Um, he's got family down there, and I just thought, isn't it lovely to get this amazing positive feedback about something? And I've loved doing this um, this Friday session, and you know, I because it's such a loose thing. Mm. I get. I guess it means in in theory, there's no end date. Um, and and we we created this poll. For people going through the the trauma of, of COVID, um, and to think that we did our first show in Melbourne, and then a year and a half, two or oh shit, it's shit, it's way over two years since we were in Melbourne. Yeah, we're coming, we're coming home, so to speak. Well, it's um, been yeah, because the, the live shows were just such a highlight for yeah. us. We were such yeah. big fans. Yeah. Um, I really, oh God, I've really missed being on stage, Dad. I've just I've missed it so much. We've got so many great stories we can tell, and I think what I'd like to do also is is kind of do a whip round and see if there's any stories that you know you've told that people want some great. You know, idea. like yeah, like I mean, what, what do we? What do people want to hear on stage? Mm. You know, we're building a set list, so we'd love your help. Mm. Well, we did that one of the live um, show stories. Yeah, was um, from memory. I think it was a, about an extraordinary case of autoeroticism. And was I don't it? Think, yeah, and I don't think that ever made it into the book or well, books. In- no, that didn't make it in, and I'm pretty sure the story about you, uh, the the rescue in Sydney Harbour, I don't oh, know. Whether... Great story. Yeah, so you're gonna have to tell that one. But also, mm. I think there's a bunch of new stuff coming up, so I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm really, really pumped. And the 31st of July is not that far away. So no, yeah. No. Like, now, do you think you'll win this bet? Do you think we'll sell out quickly, or do you think it's going to take a bit longer? My gut feeling, yeah, is that there's so much pent up exuberance and excitement knowing that it's an opportunity to go to something live and i think it could be the perfect storm um it, it could be just phenomenal and, and i'm i'm prepared paul yeah to bet you mm-hmm. five dollars five dollars mm. can you can you match that or how about uh, how about we do this paul yep what about we do a serious bottle of single malt whiskey? Yeah, okay. Hang on. Uh, wait, so that's what I get. What do you get? What do you want? Is, there, you anything I, is there anything I have that you want? Um, golly. Um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll nut it out, okay? Yeah, because I really want the stakes to be very high. And we can announce who won on stage, mm. okay? And okay. we'll have the handover of whatever the goods are. On stage. I mean, I, I got a lot of cool stuff, Dad, and I know you covet quite a lot of my stuff and vice versa. So let's really kind of make this, let's make this really uh, emotionally fraught. Anyway. What, a, what about your Japanese vinyl collection? <laughs> fuck off. No, no, we won't do that. I'm kidding. Never. Well, you no, would, no. What, would you, what would you play him on? Oh, shit, no, the no. tone table. You want to mm-hmm. bet the tone? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you no, what. No, it's all good. It's all good. Hang on. We, we'll, hang on. we'll talk about it. I'll tell you what. No, seriously. This is serious. If I'm right, and it takes, you know, like a month to sell these tickets out. I give you a turntable. Mm. I'm serious. If it takes a month. 
if it takes a month, right? If it that takes means- if it takes up if it takes up to or more than a month, right? That means you've then, lost. Yes, but if I win, you give me no, I get to select three bottles of whiskey for your no, collection. No way. Uh, uh, one. No, okay, one, one. One bottle. We'll discuss this uh, off mic. Yeah, we will. <laughs> now, um, okay, so, Paul, I got an email from Warner Brothers during the week. What? Hmm. Quite an extensive email. That's weird. Hmm. I'll, I'll read it to you. and Yeah, please, look, no, again. I, 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 I kind of... I, I'll read the email to you. Yeah, sure, sure. Hi, Antiques in Sydney team, which is kind of cute because I don't have a team. I'm a team of one. Mm-hmm. I hope you're well. My name is B- and I am working with the Warner Brothers and Foxtel for the Australian version of... Have you ever seen that show? No, I haven't. Mm, I think it's on the ABC. I am sourcing treasured heirlooms and antique prized possessions that once belonged to a family member and need some TLC or repairing. Through my research, I've come across your website and I'm reaching out to you as I know you sell antiques, but perhaps you may know someone who has a precious item that has been damaged and needs repairing. Would you know anyone who would be interested in being on the show, sharing the history behind the item and what it would mean to have the item repaired? We want anything from antique jewellery to grand pianos and everything in between. Grandma's vintage dress, granddad's football trophy, great aunt's dollhouse, vases, lamps, radios, chairs, rocking horses, etc. Anything with a rich history and something the family intends to keep and cherish when repaired. Below is a link to the UK version of the repair shop for your reference. Please feel free to share my details and flyer attached to anyone you think may be interested. Any questions, just shout out. Kind regards. Now, would you like to hear my response? Oh, uh, I'm nervous, but sure, go ahead. Hmm. Thanks. The only thing I'd be interested in is being on the show as the host. Check out Loose Units. (laughs) No, I'm serious. (laughs) Regards, John Verhoeven. I'll read her response. Oh, she wrote a reply. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Hi, John. Many thanks for your reply. Unfortunately, we have already cast for the host, but I will keep your details on file for when the next series is commissioned, with a smiley face. Thanks, John. I'll be sure to check out the podcast Loose Units. Huh. So I thought, you know, why not just put it out there? Why not give it a shot? Give it a a bash, as uh, Roy and HG would say. So I just thought, you know, that was fairly interesting. I mean, not incredibly exciting. Paul, did you have an email you wanted to read? Yeah, I actually did get an email, Dad, and it's a fairly... (sighs) Look, I'm going to read this to you all now. Okay, here is a very, very interesting email from a listener. G'day, Paul and John. A week or two back, John made mention of the Mafia. Just thought I'd share a story with you about my wife and her side of the family. Her great-grandmother and great-grandfather come over from Sicily back in the late 1900s. Think the Godfather Part 2. They grew up in the same small village, but didn't know each other until they met and got married in the USA. They had twin boys, Johnny and Tony Pantano. There were 12 kids in all. My wife's grandma being one of the 12. Johnny, only 20, was convicted of the murder of a policeman in Chicago in the 40s. The triple hat murder. His mother pleading and begging in Sicilian to the judge not to kill her boy or to no avail. Supposedly it was a setup, but the truth was lost a time long ago. Now, Tony was a World War II veteran. When he passed away in 2006, it was a big funeral and wake. Andrea, my wife, and her sister were sitting at the wake, paying their respects to their great uncle Tony. 
Andrea, always trying to play jokes and scare her sister, mentioned that Tony was in the mob, not actually knowing that he was or not. It was something that you never advertised. After convincing her sister that he was in the mob, almost on cue, two guys walked in looking like they came straight off the set of The Sopranos, dressed immaculate the whole nine yards. They lingered at the back of the room for a few moments, waiting for their opportunity to approach the casket. When their time came, they walked to the casket, hands behind their backs and heads bowed. Not speaking to anyone, they both kneeled in front of Uncle Tony's earthly remains, saying a quiet prayer in hushed tones and making the cross symbol on their head, chest and shoulders. They got up, still without saying anything to the family, quietly walked to the doors, heads bowed and left. All the while, Andrea's sister was shitting bricks and convinced that Andrea knew more than she was letting on. And then he sent across a couple of articles about these um, these murders uh, back in the 40s in Chicago. And this all this all looks pretty legit. Mm. Is that a crazy story or what? No, not at all. It's brilliant. Wait, that's not that's crazy. Not in the slightest. I find it very plausible, and 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 ab- absolutely spot on, and absolutely in my mind, mm. no doubt whatsoever. Did you ever have any uh, run-ins with the mafia apart from your time in the uh, funeral home industry? Uh, no, but I know police that did. Uh, really? Yeah, the murder of Donald Mackay um, in Griffith. That was uh, that was a town basically run by the Italian mafia. Um, I, I don't know what the situation there is now, but back in the uh, back in the day, just 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 Google, um, you know, Donald Mackay, and that's a it's an incredible story. And then there was Trimboli. He was a very famous mafia man who who I remember. They had photographs of him on a slab in in Italy. He was found over there. He was he was yeah. Look, it's, the tentacles of the uh, Cosa Nostra uh, are, are deep and and pretty scary. Um, I mean, you know, it's not it's not just in people's minds. There are actual you know groups like in like in in um, South America. Remember that the drug guy, the big one. What's his name? They've made films about him. Um, uh, who's sen- in jail now? Senor Coquenos. No, his name is pa- Pablo Escobar, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they, these people, and 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 they rule by fear. Mm. It's as simple as that. It's like any despot. They, 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 they create this this sort of this messianic fear, whereby you know that if you do the wrong thing, they will kill you and your wife and your kids. But that doesn't sound that different from, say, a Roger Rogerson-style figure, really. Hmm. You know, it seems, uh, like, it seems like the same... It seems like a very similar... It's like a fear-based thing, right? Like you True, fear- true, I agree. Fear, fear is very powerful. It's really scary. Imagine if, um, you know, one of our listeners witnesses uh, something terrible... Imagine if you're looking out your window one night and you see across the road mm-hmm. through the neighbor's window someone murder, stab someone, for example, and then you go shit, and they look over and they and they they think that you've seen it, mm-hmm. and you're sort of cowering. I mean, they've made lots of movies about this. You're cowering in your room, thinking shit. What do I do now? You you haven't called the police yet, and then you kind of you're sitting on it. You you you're super scared, and then that person. The perpetrator of the alleged offence opposite you, either they, it might be a neighbour that knows you, they contact you, they drop a, a letter in your letterbox, they knock, they come even worse, they come and knock on your door. I mean, imagine if you'd witnessed something, then you're shitting, shitting bricks, and then all of a sudden there's a knock on the door, and you're thinking, shit, that, 
and you're thinking, God, that could be that person. Can you imagine if that person, the offender, says to you, indirectly or directly, by way of a threat, they say, if you say anything about this, I'm going to come round and kill everyone in this house. I mean, what on earth do you do? Now, if that was me, A, I'd be totally shit scared, but I would definitely go to the police straight away. I, I, I think that's absolutely the best thing to do. But there are people. That's how rapists, that's what they do. After they've raped someone, sometimes with a knife or, or a threat of physical harm, they say to the, to the victim, if you say anything about this, I will come back and kill you. And there have been cases, and we've discussed them over the years, Paul, where, I mean, there was that terrible one about the rapist, um, the North Shore rapist, where he, he raped the same woman twice. Uh, the second time, she'd already, a fair bit of time had, had gone between the first sexual assault, and she moved to another place. And then this rapist came back and raped her a second time in a new place. And that was one of the things as to how they found this guy, is that he had access to personal files at a certain airline. Were you involved in were you involved in the these cases at all? I mean, I know the North Shore rapist was someone that actually gets name checked and oh yeah, there's a there's a chapter or two in Electric Blue about about this guy, but I didn't realise you knew how he'd been caught. I, didn't I was there that. the night. I was I was in the patrol car. Really? At Balmoral Beach. With a really good sergeant. Right. And he just look, most police would never have ever have done what he did. And he was brilliant. And I got to watch the whole thing. And um I'm sure it is mentioned in the second book, but um, it's an amazing story. I mean, that's the thing about having so many stories, Paul. You've got the first book, the second book, and all the shows, the live shows, the the podcast. I mean, there are so many. Oh, you know, it starts to get sort of slightly confusing as to whether we've told them, have we told them at a live show? Because remember, Paul, with live shows, we always had special stories mm. for live shows. And funnily enough, we never repeated the stories at any live show. So every single live show had special stories, didn't they? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, and I mean, part of the thing that I'm kind of weighing up with this new live show is, you know, if there are people who never saw us live, then... There's a, it's a great chance to come along and see something completely new. Um, but also, I mean, what do you want to talk about on stage? I, I want people to see you and me together on stage. Um, and I want the room to feel the vibe that we put out. And I want to talk about, obviously... People are there to hear some pretty graphic stuff. Mm. But let's face it, I think a lot of people will be there because they want to be and see us. So, Dad, you've never actually told, and I've just realised this, you've never actually told us how the North Shore Rapist was caught. And given that it's such a big plot point threaded throughout Electric Blue, I'd kind of like to know, but do you want to... This might seem cruel, but do you want to use this... As a chance to kind of... I mean, do you want to tell this story on stage for the first time? Do you want to drop it on stage? Mm, a great, great idea, Paul. Okay, so yeah. that episode is going to be recorded, so you will be able to hear it. But again, can you imagine being in the audience for the first time? I really don't want to lose the bet, but at the same time, if I lose the bet, I also get a full house for our live show. So it's not like I really lose-lose. So, mm, mm. yeah. I mean, just, you know... When you're in the green room yeah. or the back room and you're waiting and you can hear the crowd and sometimes you peek out through a little slit in a curtain mm. and you you get the the sense of the anticipation. I mean, God knows I've been in, you know, I've been to lots of live shows. I, I mean, I used to work at the Sydney Opera House, so I've, I've seen some really great shows and I, and I also got to see things from behind the scenes. Do, would you I ever mean, tell, I mean, would you ever tell... Because so, you've told stories about your time working at the Sydney Opera House, which are, um, I think they'd get you in trouble if you told them. And they're really yeah. great stories, but I mean, and they're not particularly, you know, law enforcement related. No, but there are some really terrific. Look, we, you know what, we could do a whole live show just on my time at the Sydney Opera House. Yes, we could. Because the stories are, 
well, you know I, what's I just. Do you remember how we almost we almost booked a gig at the Opera House? We actually mm. we we were this close, everyone, from basically landing. I don't know what the room is called, but you know it seats a couple of hundred people, mm. and it's inside the Opera House. And we wanted to basically then use that show to tell all of Dad's most humiliating, fucked up, amazing mm. stories. No, this is, yeah, incredible. Mm. I mean, it's an extraordinary building. It's got an amazing history. Uh, it's had a lot of drama. Oh God, what a pun! It's had a lot of shit, bad shit happening there mm. um, over the years. A lot of look. I can't. I'm not going to say today what I will say on stage about it be a mecca for a certain activity. Um, but we'll we'll leave that for the live show, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know how we had that thing about the Highway Patrol, and you kind of gave me a bit of a bit of a razzing, a bit of a stirring. And, Did and, I? And, yeah, last week, you 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 know when I mentioned the bureau, and you thought I was kind of making it sound rather glorious. Yeah. So we, you know, I went from sort of talking fairly, you know, honestly about the Highway Patrol, and that was my view over a long time. And you've come to 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 realise that that was a particular standpoint. And then I told you that I went and had, uh, you know, Christine and I had lunch with Sue, and who's in the book, and her lovely husband and then i felt you, you know how i felt a bit you know it's sort of you don't like to bag people out and um so then we were talking about the highway patrol now as god is my witness paul last we had a we had a long weekend didn't we it was the queen's birthday yeah and so we've got this thing in Sydney called double demerit points. They have them on long weekends. Do they have them in Melbourne? I'm not sure. I, as established, I don't drive. But all right, okay. Mm. So imagine if you in New South Wales, you get 12 points. If you go through a a red light or a stop sign, you lose four points, and sometimes you can lose six. That's for one offence. But imagine you've got 12 points. You commit an offence on a double demerit weekend. So instead of losing four, you lose eight. And if you lose six, it becomes 12. And in one incident, you can lose your license. Now, a lot of people in society, Mm -hmm. they need their license. That is a fact. And another thing that kind of grinds my gears is that someone in an Aston Martin or a Ferrari will park in... They don't care where they... I'm not saying they all, all... those drivers who own those cars don't care. But what I will say is that some people who are very, very wealthy couldn't give a rat's ass where they park. They don't care about the fine. It's inconsequential. However, if you are a first-year apprentice mechanic or a plumber mm-hmm. driving in your shitbox ute and you park illegally and you get a fine, that fine can be one day's pay. So that I have a bit of a... A problem with that, I know that in Finland, the penalty you get for certain traffic offences is commensurate with your annual income. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I actually we pitched, have. I pitched that as an idea and I said your the fine you get for traffic offences should scale with the income so that if yes. you're poor, you get charged a percentage of your income. Exactly. Yeah, why, why, why? You know, but then there's, then there's the other school of thought and there'll be people listening to me prattling on here... <laughs> And they will say, as I have said many times, if you do the wrong thing or, or, or just don't do the wrong thing. 
that's and, and, I, and I agree with that. Yeah, but that's, it's easy. Like it's no, I don't. No, I don't agree with that. No. Okay, but but if you don't commit an offence, then you don't have a fine. But that's the but same. I, I, that, that's the same no, specious no. logic that people. You know, people will defend things like, you know, facial recognition or getting mm. frisked or all mm. kinds of like. Incur- there are certain things that I kind of I feel like are incursions on civil oh, liberties. I totally. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, I know you agree. I agree. I I'm. I'm saying that there are. That is a school of thought, and yep. that's actually a factual school. Insofar as it does make sense mm-hmm. that if you don't do anything wrong, of course, in terms of in terms of the Motor Traffic Act for the various states, yeah. You are not going to get a ticket, so that's it's a it's a sort of a philosophical, mm. theoretical argument. But what I would like to say is that on the long weekend that's just gone by in Sydney, it mm. was double demerit points. So we are sitting at our local cafe, and it's a very beautiful area in Sydney, no denying. Now there was a highway patrol car. So I, it was Sunday morning, last Sunday morning. Yep. Highway patrol car, it was a BMW. It was a stunning beast of a motor vehicle, capable of extreme speed, exceptional agility, a horny beast to drive. And it was... The occupants in this particular highway patrol car were two females, okay? I'm not saying that... For any reason other than that is a fact. Okay? Two females. They were parked directly outside this cafe. They were parked in waiting. The best analogy that I can give you and the listeners is it was a cat waiting to pounce on a mouse. It's the perfect analogy. Now, I stood there... And there were a lot of people sitting and chatting, and it's it's a it's a great it's a festive kind of happy, wonderful holiday morning in Sydney. It was around about eight a.m. Yep. And I stood there, and I, in a microsecond, totally understood the entire scene as to why they were positioned in this particular spot, what they were thinking and what they were looking at, and what they were expecting to see unfold. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, within 30 seconds of me standing there, I watched an about 25 metres, that's half the length of an Olympic pool, down to the right is a stop sign. And a car came to the stop sign and then rolled through. Now, before anyone starts to take sides and get all technical, I'm just going to present the facts and then people can make up their own mind. So the car rolls through. At what speed did it roll through? I would say possibly two kilometres an hour. And that's important in this story because technically they didn't stop. However, they almost stopped. So it's not a giveaway sign where you can just roll through. You have to stop. But it was so... It was such a technically minor thing. And then all of a sudden, this massive highway patrol car, lights on, siren, 
foot flat to the floor, and it was as though they were heading to an armed robbery in progress. Right, okay. okay. And they chased this car all of 20 feet, a couple of metres, pulled them over, booked them. Now, I'm going to guess here, disobey stop sign, plus the points, double demerit. I'm guessing they would have lost eight points, and it would have cost them hmm, maybe maybe six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing about this particular story. There's a loop nearby where you can go out onto this loop and then come back. So the highway patrol car vanishes. Now there was a little bit of a sense of everyone was kind of a little bit aware of what had happened, but no one quite understood the, yeah. the, te- the technicalities that no one was really watching but I was the police car goes around the corner and comes back and parks in exactly the same spot and there the cat lies in waiting now bearing in mind Paul this is a Sunday morning it's in a it's in a suburb of Sydney and the people at least 50 people yep. are starting to get a sense of what's happening here right But then people are more aware and then people are starting to, in hushed tones, going, oh, oh, golly, this is not such a great thing. And I'll tell you right now, actually, I'll go into the story a bit more. Another car comes to the stop sign and and I'm talking rolled so slowly, it almost came to a halt. Bearing in mind there's no, there's, there's no traffic on the road. This is a really quiet suburb. So there's no danger. Sunday morning. There's no, no there's da- zero danger. Yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden, the car, the police car, two female occupants, lights on, siren on, foot to the floor, breakneck speed. That is problematic in itself, bearing in mind the suburb, suburb location time. It's a Sunday morning and history repeats itself. Now the crowd at the cafe is starting to become... You sense the vibe in the air. I could, oh, Mate, I could hear it. And yeah. at this point in the story, I'm going to say this to everyone. Christine was appalled. She, was, she thought it was disgusting. She made it very clear to me and a couple of the staff that this was actually... Now, what's happening in this scenario, everyone, police and non-police listening, highway patrol, etc., that's why I spoke about that default thing about, well, technically, yes, they didn't stop. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and, I, and I get it. But then, and here's the really kind of, I, just, I was starting to become a bit kind of pissed off. After they'd booked the second car, they then went round the corner, out onto the loop, came back, round the roundabout, came back into the same spot. And then people were almost wishing that someone had parked in that spot because it was the last spot outside. Otherwise, it became a no-stopping and a, a bus zone and the Highway Patrol would not have parked in that type of zone. But they, because this spot kept becoming available, because there was such a short time between them booking someone and coming back, and every time they kept coming back and they parked in the same spot. And every, and by this time, there are there's pretty well everyone in the cafes kind of... It was like a show, but not a really good show. Right, so everyone's sort of getting increasingly pissed at the yeah. petty-minded. Yeah, okay. Well, it was just so... It, it was very upsetting. And it's at this point that I said to Christine, I'm going to go down and tap on the, the window of the car and not... 
obviously to discuss anything about what's going on, but just to chat and maybe talk to them about loose units, believe it or not. Like distract them with some yeah, light sort plugging? Of, yeah, just sort of, um, you know, a bit of banter and kind of get to get a sense and have also, a chat. If you're if you're standing there and talking, they can't book anyone. Well, that too. Uh, okay. But um, So I was just about to do that and Christine, as she does, she sort of reached over and held my arm because she's very intuitive and she basically stopped me and just as she stopped me doing that, a white car, and this is kind of, this is a weird part of the story. Yep. A white car does exactly the same thing. Very, very, very slow roll through, but mm-hmm. kept going, and they didn't move. But behind the white car was a taxi. And the taxi, now I'm watching this with microscopic forensic uh, you know, I'm really, really absorbed in minute detail as to what's happening. And I watched the the taxi do exactly the same thing at the same speed. We're talking less than, I reckon we're talking less than a kilometre an hour. It's just, it was literally not, it literally stopped but didn't quite. And then the cab goes through, same thing. It was, it was aggressive the way they took after the cab. So hang on, and what kind of car was the white car? Just a normal car, so, right, it, so what- it, it 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 just basically it went away and it wasn't um, stopped. But I'm saying why shoot. why didn't they go after the white car? Well, they saw the ca- the cab behind. Okay, so the cab went. The cab did exactly the same thing. Then they chased. You know, lights on lights. It became a sort of everyone knew it was how this whole thing how they worked inside the car. We we got to understand their procedures for those that didn't understand procedure, and they literally they gunned it. I mean, this this BMW, it, it's, it's a beast. It's a pursuit car. It'll do incredible speeds. And um, off they go. Like, we're talking, literally racing. Chase this cab down. And I, I felt sorry for the cab driver because I thought, you really do need your licence. And there is no way on earth that you are going to make in a day what this fine's going to cost you. So there was a bit of pathos, a bit of sadness, a bit of, you know, I just thought back to when I was a police officer and, I mean, I I used discretion and I thought to myself, this is a clear case. But the terrible thing about the whole thing is that there were so many people watching this unfold so many times that can you imagine the damage the New South Wales Police Highway Patrol have done just to their... Image. To their image. Yeah. And, and, and again, I come back to... Some people are going to go, well, who gives a fuck? Who cares? They went through a stop sign. I agree. However, it was so... You know how some cars come up to a stop sign? They don't even stop. They'll go through at 15, 20k. That is a serious offence. But these people clearly slowed down to almost stopping and and were clearly looking around and making sure it was safe. There was no one else on the road. And anyway, that's the story. And I really needed to talk about it. It sounds like, yeah, okay. And thank you for, for providing a counterpoint to the to your bureau love letter last week. I like that this is, you know, this these this is the behaviour of cockroaches. This is, you know, this is a petty, just garbage behaviour, and it's not, it's just it's just small. It's just you know, there's so many real things going on. There's you know, anyway. I th- thank you for um, 
Thank you for telling that story. I like the idea that everyone at the cafe was getting more irate. I was expecting some sort of lame is rising up against the proletariat. Oh, I thought everyone would put down their coffees and go over and kind of create a human shield or something around <laughs> the car. Um, but that didn't happen because everyone was mm. having too good a morning. So, yeah. but, but you know. look, I just think it. Look again, I, and I like to to balance the whole story mm-hmm. by saying that being a police officer is a tough gig. It really is, and you know, I just feel that I needed to talk about that particular story because I kind of found it a little bit surreal, and and I guess the counterpoint. Um, to this was Christine's reaction. And Christine is a very uh, compassionate mm-hmm. and very deep thinking. She, she's not like me. She doesn't just, you know, you know what she's like. She's thoughtful. I mean, when she yeah. walks into a room and talks, people listen. I mean, I talk all the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so for her to make that, uh, that call, I thought it was quite profound. And I, I don't use her, her feelings and her reaction as a, as like a lever in the argument, um, because at the end of the day, Paul, the reality—a term I don't actually like to use—that term in the reality or the reality is. But you know, in this particular case, technically, they didn't stop, which we've gone full circle to. In law, they committed an offence. Technically, yes. Technically, they didn't stop. Technically, no. but so this, discretion, so discretion is such a such a vital part of, you know. But the problem, the of course, of with discretion in the police force is that it can be seen that you took a quid, that you took a backhander, that you knew the person, that you. I mean, grandma and grandfather. Your your grandma and grandfather, uh, they were driving in a back street on the northern beaches, and, you know, my dad. He did something wrong, and he knowingly did something wrong. And the highway patrol pulled Dad over. And you can imagine Grandma, what she's like. She uh, she reached across, and she started just going on and on and on about, you know, me being in the police force. And the poor police officer, not poor, but he let Dad go. Because he just thought, you know, because uh, Mum was saying, oh, uh, you know, my son's a police officer. And which is quite not not actually that relevant. No, I uh, remember this story. Yeah, but you know it's kind of sweet. And the poor, mm. the higher patrol guy just thought, "Oh golly, look, just yes, okay, go." Mm. Um, which is kind of yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, look, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. I'm sorry I didn't realize it was uh, it was a Friday, but um, it's been a long week. So we hope you enjoyed it, and do not forget. Tickets are on pre-sale now for the Melbourne Podcast Festival over at our Facebook page, over at the Loose Units Discussion page on Facebook. And uh, Dad and I will also post some links on our Instagram feeds at some point. But yeah, make sure you grab tickets now. We want to sell out. And if you want Dad to win the bet and to win my turntable, then make sure you buy as many tickets as you can. Let's sell this thing out. So the live show that we're doing over at the Jam Factory on the 31st of July is uh yeah tickets and pre-sale right now we're super excited have a have a wonderful weekend everyone and we will see you next week for more loose units bye cheerio hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.